you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days The Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Uh, let me just pray before we, we look at uh, and talk through that exciting chapter where we get some rules. <laughs> uh, God, thank you that we get to uh, come together today. Thanks that we get to uh, spend time together and have fun um, and sing and learn memory verses. Uh, thanks that we get to read your word together and we get to learn more about you. I pray that you would 
Um, help this be a really encouraging time for us. I pray that you'd help us to teach our kids what it means to love and serve you. And I pray that you'd help me uh, say what you want me to say. Please um, help the things that are useful be remembered and the things that aren't useful be forgotten. <laughs> pray these things in your name. Amen. So we've just heard in that passage, God gives us some rules. Um, we, we get the law. The other word for rules is we, we refer to these things as law. And kids, do you reckon rules are good? Do we like rules? Yes, you do like rules. <laughs> no, someone said no. I, yeah, we reckon, I reckon we normally think that rules aren't very much good. We think that rules stop us from having fun, don't we? But I reckon if we live without rules for very long, it's not very fun. Um, and actually, it can really hurt us if we live without rules. Um, life goes better when we have rules, I reckon. One example for me, um, we grew up on a farm, um, and so we had a big paddock and we had motorbikes, and my dad had a rule. You, my dad sitting up the back, for those of you who don't know. My dad had a rule. There was a little track that we rode around in the paddock, and everyone had to, before we went out, we had to all decide which way around the track that we would ride. And that was the rule. Everyone had to ride the same way. We had four or five motorbikes, and so there's four or five people. And the rule was we had to pick before we left that we had to ride the right way. But one time Dad wasn't there, and we didn't have the conversation about which way we would go. So everyone just got on and went whichever way they wanted. And it was lots of fun. You had to dodge each other and weave around each other. I thought it was awesome. But it wasn't very fun when me and a friend had a big smash into each other and we broke the motorbikes and we hurt each other. And so those rules, though we thought you know, it was more fun to dodge each other on the motorbikes, they were actually good and they were there to protect us and look after us. I think another example of where rules work and rules are good is in music. And I'm going to get Christiana Miriam to come and show us a little bit about how music works. The way that music works is there's actually rules that, um, that help us help different notes and different instruments sound good with each other. You might not notice, but when they play before, they're following lots of rules. They go, oh, they know when the chords change, they know what notes sound good with each other. But if you don't follow those rules, let's see what happens. So Miriam, do you just want to kind of make some noise on there? Good noise. Yeah. Christiana, do you want to help too? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. And so you see, you see, kids, when there's no rules, thanks, Miriam and Christiana. Yeah. Some people might call that jazz, but. Uh, <laughs> um. You see, when there's no rules, uh, music doesn't sound very good. We think that no rules is more fun, but no rules is less fun. No rules hurts our ears. <laughs> and so our lives are the same. We know in our lives, generally, we might think that, oh, we don't want to follow rules and we have more fun by doing whatever we want. But our lives work better when we follow rules. Just like riding the motorbike in the paddock works better. And just like music sounds better when there's rules that we follow. So we can see that God gives us these rules in this chapter because he's good and he wants what's best for us. He wants to protect us. He wants our lives to work and he wants the society and the people that we live with. He wants that to work really well 
too. So he gives us rules, and it's actually really good that he gives us these rules. So today I want to look at and run through why the rules, why the law. When I say law, it's the same thing as rules, is what I mean. I might change the words that I use. Why does he give it to us? What is it? And so we're going to go through the Ten Commandments. And then what about now? The rules were given to people a long time ago, to the people of Israel, the Israelites, and now we live a long time after that. So is it different for us now? I want to look at that. That's kind of the three kind of points that I want to work through. And so why the law? Why the rules? Why does God give us the rules? We've just looked at because rules are good. But another reason that God gives us the rules, God gives us the law, is to show us who he is. We can learn a lot about God and who he is by the rules that he gives us and the way that he gives us the rules. And this passage in verse 2 that Luke read for us, we see that it starts with who God is and what he's done. So before God gives us any of the rules, if we see in verse 2 in Exodus 20, God spoke these words and he said, I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So before God gives us any of the rules, before he says live a particular way, first he tells us who he is. He says, I'm God and I've rescued you. I'm the one, before I gave you any rules, before you followed any of my laws, I came and I rescued you out of the land of Egypt. And after he's rescued the people of Israel, then he asks them to live a particular way. I think it's super important to remember. Often we might think that if we follow the rules, then God will accept us. But here we see that God already saved his people. He already accepted them. And then he gave them some rules to follow. So first of all, the rules are about, firstly, about what God's done for us first. It's super important that we remember that. Following the rules, it doesn't save us. We follow the rules because God already saved us. The order of things that happen, he saves the people and then he gives them the rules. It's just the same for us. And how good is that, that God saves us before that we've done anything good, before that we've lived the way that he's asked us to live? The second thing on why the law and to show us who God is, we see that God in these rules, God's actually really good. Things work really well when these rules, when we follow these rules in our life and when all of the people that live around us when they also follow these rules society works really well in in throughout history we can see that countries where people refer to these rules as kind of they summarize them as the judeo-christian um law judeo-christian rules like jewish and christian now that when those rules are kind of adopted as the baseline for living those societies flourish The societies care for people who need it. They make sure that people groups aren't persecuted. And it ensures that people are all treated equally, regardless of how powerful or special or how much money people have. When these rules are followed, everyone has an opportunity to flourish. And isn't it good that God gives us rules where that happens, that they're fair and equitable, and that people get a chance and and people have a framework in which they can flourish inside? And the third thing that we see about God from these rules is we see that God's holy. Does anyone know what holy is? Any of the kids, do you know what that word holy means? No? Yeah, Charlie, do you you know what it means? It means that um, you have lots of things. Holy. Well, maybe. Maybe not quite. 
Yeah. God does have lots of things, though. That's right. Yeah. What else might it mean? That's good, Charlie. Thank you. Holy means, it really means set apart or it means different. If God is holy, that means he's different than us. He's different than people. He's different than anything else. So you, you might hear people say different or you might hear people say set apart. And God does have lots of things too, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> and so we see from these rules that God's different. God is set apart. God isn't like the people, like anything else on earth. When we see in the chapter before when he comes down on the mountain, there's smoke and there's fire and there's trumpets blasting. That's pretty different. And if people go near him and they even touch the mountain, God says that they'll die. That's because God is really holy. People were really scared too. We read it, Luke read at the end of the passage when they saw God. And it was God's idea that this was the case. God wanted to show people that his holy is different and that people can't just come and be like him. They're really different. And God clearly outlines what it means to be holy. God asks us to be holy too. So just like God is different or he's set apart, by following his rules, God asks us to be holy and different than the people around us as well. And the way that we do that is by following these rules. The context here is really important to remember. So God, was, God gave these rules to the Israelites. And so they were just about to go into the promised land. God had promised the Israelites that he would give them land to go into, the land of Canaan. And just before they're about to go, they get a little bit delayed later on, as we'll see, by about 40 years. Um, <laughs> but they're getting ready to go in. God says, this is the way that I want you to live. And that's really different than the way that the people in Canaan already live. People will look at the way that the Israelites live and go, hey, why are you, why, how do you live like that? Look at the way that your society works, the rules that you follow. That's different. And that's meant to be a witness and an example of how good God is to the people around Israel that see how they live. And it's also meant so that Israel, when they're living differently, they won't get pulled into living the same way that the Canaanites, the people that they're going into, the way that they would live. We see that God's holy through his laws. Another reason that we get the law, so we learn a lot about God and who he is through these laws, but we also get to learn about ourselves. The law's there to show us who we are. And really what it does, the thing that that we can see about ourselves when we look at these laws, is that we actually can't really measure up to them. It shows us that we need help, that God is holy and he's, he's outlined a way for us to live. And when we compare ourselves to that, which we're going to do in a minute. We're going to go through the Ten Commandments quickly. We'll see that we need help, that we actually, when when we break the rules, God calls that sin. We see that when we compare ourselves to the law, that we're sinners. And sometimes the consequences for breaking the rules, they vary. Sometimes it's only us. We might, you know, maybe when our parents tell us to go to bed and we don't listen... Sometimes that probably only hurts us because the next day we might be tired or grumpy. Sometimes when we break the rules, it hurts other people. Maybe you might leave stuff around in your bedroom and your little brother or sister trips over something. And by not following and not doing what your mum and dad say, it hurts other people. And sometimes breaking the rules can actually be really destructive for society and for those people around us by breaking some of the rules we're about to look at. But ultimately, we see that God is serious about the rules that he gives us here. And breaking any of the rules in other parts of the Bible, what does God say that we deserve for breaking his rules? 
Because God's holy, and when we're not, does anyone know? Any of the kids know what God says we deserve? Yes, I. Do you do something bad, you get You do get punishment. That's right. Yeah. There's a, there's consequences for breaking the rules, isn't there? Yeah. In later in the Bible, we see that the consequences for breaking the rules. God says the wages of sin or the, the consequences for sin is death. Is that something or someone has to die for breaking the rules because God's so big and so holy. And that's the purpose of the law is to point us to the fact that it's serious when we break these rules. And thankfully, God provides Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice for when we break the rules and that he died in our place. And we'll get into that in a bit more detail soon. But there, that God is serious about his rules. Um, and we learn by comparing ourselves to these rules, that we don't measure up to God's holy standard. So that's why we get the law. And now I want to quickly look at what the law is. And there's lots of law after these ones, but here we've got the Ten Commandments, which is awesome. And so I'm going to go through them quickly. Has everyone had enough lollies, do you reckon? Or should we get some more lollies? (laughs) Maybe if we give out lollies, maybe you shouldn't eat them yet. And you can just keep them for later. Where's the lolly joint? Is it still here somewhere? <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to go through the Ten Commandments really quickly. Because we could, have, we could talk for ages on these. And just to make sure everyone's listening. When I go through and I say the first commandment. The first person who puts up one finger, they'll, I'll throw them a, a, a lollipop. Oh, there's a test, yeah. <laughs> and when I say get to the second commandment, two fingers, that's only one. Yeah, that's right. Noah, you've got it right. Yeah. And so it's a race. So you've got to listen really carefully. And when I say, and the third commandment, then you can do three fingers. Yeah. We got it? So, the first commandment. Oh, Dave. <laughs> The first commandment is that God says, there's no other gods before me. Well, you can, you've got to try again for the second one, Charlie. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the, there's no other, God says to have no other gods before me. And what that means, what God's saying is that God should be the most important thing in our whole lives. That nothing else in our whole life would be more important to us than God. And that, that can be pretty hard. It can be pretty hard for the adults, too, to not put other things as more important than God. Maybe, maybe it's being comfortable. Maybe it's what our friends think of us. Maybe, um, maybe it's wanting a thing. Maybe it's wanting a motorbike. When I, those motorbikes that I crashed, that was the most important thing to me when I was a kid, that I really wanted one of those. But God says, don't put anything else, to ha- don't have anything else more important than me. The second commandment, oh, Hado, that was pretty fast. You've already got a lollipop, so don't eat it yet. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little tip off, Charlie, for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the second commandment is don't worship a carved image. So that means don't make an idol. Don't, don't make something that represents God and worship that thing. Don't have, you know, we might think God is big and, and awesome, um, don't make something that we think represents him and put it up on the, on the bench and worship 
that thing. What we learn about God isn't from images or idols, it's from the Bible and what we can read about him. God says, don't do that. Say, oh, Charlie. (laughs) Uh, The third commandment is don't use the name of the Lord in vain. So when we often think about the third commandment, we think that it means not to swear, not to use God's name in a swear word. Noah, you've got to wait. Put your hand down, Noah. Um, We think that it means to not use God's name like a swear word. And that's good. We shouldn't. That's not a good idea to do that anyway. But I think what this commandment meant to the people who read it originally is it's not to use God's name to exercise power and authority over other people by using God's name. So don't, God's saying here, don't say, oh, I'm, like, perhaps think of the scenario as a minister in a church, thinking, you know, exploiting people, saying, I'm from God and I'm saying, God tells me that you should do this thing when it isn't a good thing to do. Don't use God's name to exercise power over other people in an unfair and exploiting way. The fourth commandment? Four. <laughs> the fourth commandment is remember the Sabbath. Kids, do you know what the Sabbath means? What does it mean, Noah? Sabbath. Yeah, that is the law. Yeah, that's good. I reckon you get a lollipop for that. <laughs> um, so this, the Sabbath is a special day where God says, don't do any work on the Sabbath day, but just remember me. Just remember, use that day to not do what you normally do, um, but to think about God and who he is. So have a day, one day a week that's different. And if you think about the Israelites who got this rule, that's pretty awesome, right? They just came from Egypt where they got forced to work seven days a week and they didn't get paid. Um, they got exploited. And now they get a day a week, God saying, everyone, doesn't matter if you're the boss or if you're the, you know, the labourer right at the bottom of the, the work chain. Everyone needs to take a day off and rest. And not just rest and do nothing, but remember me and reorientate your life around me. I think rest is something actually that we're not very good at as a society now. We kind of value working hard and working long. We often get our value from our work. But God is saying, don't do that. Get your value from me and rest in who I am. And take a day a week to do that. How are we going for time? Oh, I better hurry up. Um, so those first four commandments are really, we can think about those as vertical commandments. All those commandments, they relate to who God is and how we relate to who God is. And so the first ones, the things that are most important to God, the order that they're in is let's think about who God is and what he's done and how we relate to him first. The next six then, we can think about them as horizontal commandments and they influence how we interact with each other. So I better go through these really quick so you get ready. Oh, Gracie, I reckon you're super fast. I haven't even got to it, but you're so fast. So the, the sixth one is honour your mum and dad. Listen to your mum and dad. Kids, what's that? Oh, fi- oh, it is the fifth one. Yeah, sorry. Thank you, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lollipop for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the fifth one, listen to your mum and dad. So kids, God's talking to you, especially here, to all of us. But kids, God says, listen to your mum and dad. That's a good thing to do. God wants you to listen. The sixth one, 
Don't murder. Oh, oh. Good one. God says don't kill people. That's no good. That's also different than in Egypt. In Egypt, people like the ruler, the rulers of the day, they killed all the babies. Like God's rule isn't like the rules that they came from. And the people of God, the, the Israelites, going, isn't that awesome that God is saying that's not okay? Oh, I might have got to get the number right now. Seven. The seventh one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a bad throw. Sorry. There's no... <laughs> No adultery. So if you're married, you don't. You only um, stay with your husband or wife. You don't go and um, with anyone else's husband or wife. That's the seventh one. Don't do that. Don't steal things. This is the eighth one. Good one, Nick. Don't take other people's things. The ninth one. Oh, Hado, you've already got so many. Zion. Does he? We need more kids. <laughs> uh, it's don't lie. So only tell the truth. God says don't, tell, don't make things up. Only tell the truth. And the last one is a really interesting commandment. The tenth commandment. Oh, Natasha. Oh. <laughs> All right, that's it. No more lollies. The tenth commandment is don't covet. And this is a really interesting commandment because it's talking about um, what we think and what we want. So God is saying, don't even... A lot of the other rules, the first one is different. The first one is also about, um, about having no other gods before me. You can't really see that. The tenth one is the same. You can't really see inside if you want something that's not yours. But God is saying, don't even think about wanting something else. Don't desire anything else more than you desire me, like is, which is kind of linking back to the first commandment. And if, if we get the 10th commandment right, I mean, really, probably, the only reason we steal things, for example, is because we want something that's not ours or we want more of something that's not ours. God is saying not to covet, not to desire things that aren't ours too. And so I thought then we could quickly, that's the 10 commandments. Jesus talks about these a lot too. And the law or the rules in the Bible and going on from when God gave these um, People talked about them a lot, and we still talk, them, talk about them a lot now. So I thought I'd quickly look at what Jesus says about the law. And there's a passage in Matthew chapter 22, um, and I might just read it. It says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, he asked a question to Jesus to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He said. And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so Jesus is saying everything depends on loving God, which is kind of the first... Jesus there summarised the first four commandments, especially the first one. Love God, do what he, and put, and you know, more than anything else, first four. And the next six, the horizontal relationships. Love your neighbour, love the people around you, just like you love yourself. So Jesus is reinforcing and summarising these same rules that we've looked at now, saying that this is how society works really well, and it's how our lives work really well by living this way. And so that's what the law is. And so I won't go for too much longer. But what about now? So these rules were given to people a long time. 
ago. And what about now? We've, we've seen that Jesus does reinforce them and he talks about how they apply now. But what do you guys think after hearing all of these things? Do you think that we can live up to God's standard? Do you reckon all of those Ten Commandments, kids, have you, have you always followed all of those rules? Yeah? Yeah? No? I can see some head shaking. <laughs> no, we, can't. we haven't followed all the rules, have we? They're pretty hard to follow all the time. Except maybe Charlie. Charlie, did you reckon you followed them all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so we talked before about what that means. If we don't follow all of God's rules, there's, pu- there's consequences for that, isn't there? There's punishment for sin. And Jesus, and, and we learn that the punishment for breaking God's rules, just like the punishment for touching the mountain that God came and gave the rules on, is death. Is it something? Is that, and that when we break the rules, we deserve to die. We can't be right with God by, because of breaking the rules. We're not holy like God is. But Jesus came to take that death on our behalf. And so the rules can show us how we don't live up to God's standard. But what they can do then is point us to someone who's fulfilled the law. Jesus, when he came, he, provo- he, he, he was holy. He didn't mess up. He followed all the rules, even though we can't. And he followed all the rules, just like we can't. And then he died in our place. We see that you, if you keep reading the Old Testament afterwards, you see that the, the people, the Israelites, they had to sacrifice animals. When they messed up, they killed an animal. And that was to, to remind them and to show them that their sin, because they messed up, that something had to die in its place. But Jesus died as the sacrifice once and for all, for all of our sin. Another memory verse, which you guys will, if you haven't done yet, will probably do, is John 3.16. Do you know what that is, Noah? Do you know that memory verse? Yeah. Do you want to say it? No. No, okay. <laughs> do you want to say it, Zion? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> And that's right, isn't it? So that's that Jesus died um, so that when we believe in him, we can be right with God, just like Zion said from that mirror verse, that we can have everlasting life with God um, because he died in our place. And because of that, we get to live, we get to follow God's rules because Jesus has done that for us. We don't follow the rules so that God accepts us. We follow the rules because he already rescued us. He died in our place. Um, so that design oh sorry that's okay um uh he died in that place so now we get to follow his rules just like the israelites did god saved the israelites he brought them up out of egypt and then he gave them the rules it's the same the same order god jesus has already died we can be saved through faith in him and then we get to live the way that he wants in response It's also, it's also different for us now than it was for the Israelites then. Listen carefully to this bit, kids, and see if you can figure out the answer to the question I'll ask next. In Jeremiah chapter 31, it says, 
this. It says, For this is the covenant that I made with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer shall each one teach his neighbour and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. I'll forgive their iniquity, and I'll remember their sin no more. So God there, he's saying something's going to change in the future. And that thing's already happened. Where God says, I'll put my law within them, and I'll write it on their hearts. Does anyone know when maybe that happened? What that's talking about? Big kids are allowed to answer too. (laughs) Yes, Noah? Yeah, that's right. When Jesus gave the Holy Spirit. That's right. So after Jesus died, he rose again and he went up with heaven and he said, Some a helper's gonna come. And that helper came as the Holy Spirit. And that's God that lives inside us. So the law, like we've read it now, and like for the Israelites, it wasn't just a list of things that were written on a tablet of stone, as that verse talks about. For the Israelites back in the day, there was no one there. God wasn't living inside them to help them. The law was a guardian. It was something to guide them. And when they messed up, like we've talked about, so an animal had to die. But now, God gives his Holy Spirit that lives inside us, that helps us want to follow and helps us understand what God's rule is. That's the law written on our hearts. And so we can now go from striving to do the right thing to having God inside us prompting us to live in his way. And we get to see our lives um, flourish with the fruit of the Spirit in response to that. Love and joy and peace and patience um, can come because through the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that, that, the, that, the Israelites here, they didn't have that. We get help now too, which is great. So in wrapping up, I'm nearly done, kids. Sorry, I've talked for ages. <laughs> I want, to remember, I want us to remember three things. When we mess up, God's given us rules, but when we mess up, we can say sorry. I'm sorry, God, that I messed up and I broke your rules. And God forgives us, and we can be right with him through Jesus' death on the cross for us. And we can do that today. If, and every time that we mess up, when we break God's rules, we can say, I'm sorry, God, I really want to live your way. Thanks for sending Jesus so I can be right with you. So kids, really remember that. When, when we might feel bad that we've not followed the rules or we feel like we've not done the right thing, God is always there and Jesus has forgiven our sin forever. That's the first thing to remember. The second is that following these rules, it's not following these rules that gets us into God's family on his team. Let's not use the rules to create a rod for our backs where we feel like we have to earn our spot to be right with God and earn our spot in heaven. The rules aren't meant to make create a religious process where we think that we're really good or really bad by doing good or bad. Remember that God saves us, God saved the Israelites before he gave them the rules and he saves us before we live the way that he asked us to live. And lastly, remember that we get to follow the rules because of who God is and what he's done. And that the rules are good. <laughs> Just like maybe, maybe it's the only thing you remember today 
in a long time is that horrible not music that Miriam and Christiane <laughs> play. <laughs> and it's that rules are good and God gives them to us because he loves us. So let's enjoy living in the freedom and the faith. Um, it's the freedom that faith in Jesus can bring us. Let's, I'll just pray now and then uh, Christiane, Miriam and Becca are going to come and lead us in a couple of songs together. There's, um, there's actually some printed words. The, the words for the songs are on Linktree, but there's also some printed words that if you'd like to, to sing together. Let me pray. Thanks, God, um, for today. Thanks that we get to look at your word. Thanks that you've given us these rules so that we can learn about who you are and who we are. Thanks that you save us before we've done anything, anything good, before we followed your rules. Um, and thanks that you, uh, you've got these rules to guide us and live in a way that's good for us and good for the people around us. Um, please be with us as we, as we sing together and we go from here today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.